is episode 92 of Caucus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus, mountains of Russia. My name's Andrew. My name's Eli. Welcome back to the program. Andrew. As you know, um, I have studied ethno arts and have a degree in that, and that's part of uh, what I spend my time doing. Ethno arts is the study of like local arts, and yes. that ranges everything from dance to visual arts to music. One of the things that I love about studying ethno arts is that you encounter things that you've never thought of. You know, you think you, huh. I would say most people think like they have a idea when we talk about music like what are we talking about but then you encounter some instrument or some approach to music that just blows all your categories and you think i never thought this was possible wow well today's interview uh, did that for me with the arts very cool our our interviewee our guest who who we'll we'll, we'll get to in a little bit um <laughs> she does some local caucuses arts that i never knew were possible <laughs> yeah she definitely created some categories we had would never have imagined you're right so hang tight for that listeners that's coming in just a minute but first a word from our non-sponsors <laughs> eli we actually were emailed about this uh, a couple months ago but uh we made a top 20 list of podcasts on russian history uh, and actually ranked number three on the whole internet. Of of podcasts on Russian history, which is yes. only a third of what we do. That's great. And you know what's cool to me about that? If you go... So <laughs> this is from a fella at a website called Feedspot. Yeah. Which is like a web content curator. You get all your feeds in one space, plays from blogs, news, whatever, RSS. Right. Number one is a podcast called The Russian History Podcast. Sounds pretty serious, pretty good. And they have, you know, 551 fans on Facebook. They've got an Alexa rank of 5.5 million, and Alexa rank as some kind of rank of every website on the internet. The second one, this is no um, lightweight here. This is The Wordsworth. Andrew, do you listen to The Wordsworth? No, but I recognize this icon because it's featured on the Moscow Times, that's, their website. That's right. Their cultural editor, Michelle Birdie, does a weekly podcast. It's really fun on some phrase or aspect of Russian language or uh, if you get their email or if you read them online, it's in print. Or you can also listen to this podcast. Really fun. Uh, and she has an Alexa rank of 32.3 thousand, which I guess means that that's where she the Moscow Times se- is. Seven hundred fifty-six thousand Facebook followers. Good grief! And right in line behind the Wordsworth of Moscow Times is Caucus Talk. Unreal. And we have five hundred six Facebook fans, and we don't even have an Alexa rank, so <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even show up. All the more impressive that we're there. But you know, the fellas at at Feedspot, they have a whole you know way of calculating this that they emailed us about. <laughs> Andrew was much more skeptical than I was. I, I received this absolutely at face value as <laughs> a simple truth. Well, I, I want to read off their factors for how they ranked people because I do, I do think you can get a little insight there. The first is podcast quanti- content quality. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say we have that. Come on. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, 
Number two is a big one. Episodes consistency. Because I listen to a lot of podcasts, and often they'll go months between releases, and they're released not regularly. Um, right. And if if I, you know, if I were running the podcast, that's how it would be. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it takes two. Um, age of the podcast. Uh, we're getting long that, in the tooth here, Andrew. Well, we've been going consistent since July 2017. So, like, yeah. A lot I mean, of our thinking, listeners weren't even born then. I mean, that's just <laughs> amazing. Three and a half years of, like, steady releases. I do think that's probably a big one. And probably the other stuff were not as much as the other ones. Average number of shares on social sites, traffic good, of your podcast. Good looks. Maybe it's because we are literally the only people in our space. <laughs> we we started uh, this space and we continue to dominate it as the number best. one of one. Do we have to say and only? Because I I like just well anyway. We appreciate being noticed and being reached out to by Feedspot. So we totally want to give them a shout out. We put their link on our Facebook yeah. page. We'll mention it again. Thank you to Feedspot for ranking us. Yeah, so awesome. Um, well, Eli, that was a great um, kind of teaser you made there about this newfound category of arts you encountered with our interviewee today. I, I would love to start talking about it, but I just want our listeners to hear hear straight from Hava from Ingusheria herself. <laughs> I think it's obvious to you and our listeners, but um, the Republic of Ingushetia has a special place in my heart. Yeah, it, uh, as and, much as I, as much as I love all of the North Caucasus, I'm a big fan of Ingushetia. You started going there more. You're talking about it more. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm really happy because of that to welcome our guest today uh, from Ingushetia. Welcome, Hava. Welcome, Hava. Thank you for joining yeah. us. Uh, hello, hello. Uh, I'm very glad to see you. Thank you. And uh, and to, to hear both. Great. Well, Hava, you come very highly recommended to us uh, from our good friend Medina, uh, one of the top English teachers in Ingushetia. And uh, you have quite an impressive resume. I know you're going to be modest and not brag about yourself, but why don't you just introduce yourself really to us and also to our listeners? Mm -hmm. Um, Where are you from? Tell us a little about your family and the work that you do. Uh, Okay, thank you. Uh, My name is Hava. Uh, The name Hava uh, is of Greek origin. Uh And Uh uh, yes... And uh, uh, the Arabic version of my name is uh, Eva. Uh, that means uh, giver of love, life, giver of uh-huh. breath, and uh, uh, the mother of. And the name Hava belonged to the mother of all people. So I understood my mission, and uh, <laughs> on this earth, and I gave I gave birth to to two kids. My son, uh, Mikhail, and uh, my daughter, Aza. Well done. Uh, they, uh, yes, they are adult, and uh, they both have their, their own families. So I live uh, with my son and mm-hmm. his, his uh, lovely family. Mm. He has uh, a very beautiful wife, Hadi, 
and four kids, mm. uh, two sons and uh, two daughters. And uh, of course, I'm trying to be a good grandma to all these grandkids. And uh, I do my best. I try. Uh, so I'm very positive in my life. Good. And I try to transfer my uh, pos- uh, positive uh, emotions yes. uh, uh, to all my kids. So when I come home, I want to be alone after my uh, stressful work. But uh, I fail. <laughs> because all these kids are, are waiting are waiting in my room. Well, so <laughs> that means you're a good grandma. So, if the children come to your room, you know that they love you, they yeah. want to be with you. That's I want good. to push them out. <laughs> I want to push them out but, but in vain because uh, then I, I I take my book or something and uh, go to another room and uh, <laughs> they follow you. And try to yes, and try to uh, enjoy my uh, my hours of uh, free life. Uh-huh. And uh, so, um, as as you know, um, I live uh, in a in Ingushetia, so it is a very the, the, the smallest and the youngest republic of uh, Russian Federation mm. and North Caucasus. Mm. So it borders uh, with the Chechen Republic on the. Uh, on the west, mm-hmm. uh, the North Ossetia in the east, and Georgia in the south. And uh, I live in uh, a former capital, Nazran, which is a very small, and um, mm-hmm. uh, it is just uh, 20 minutes drive. It, it takes 20 minutes drive to go from one side of Nazran to another. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, And uh, now we have a new capital. It is Magas. Yes. And uh, uh, yes, it is being built now and uh, a lot of um, governmental uh, offices, a lot of build, new buildings, uh, very nice ones are uh, now so we enjoy seeing them every day. So we we see, we uh, are witnesses of uh, the growth of a new capital and this is uh, very ama- amazing. So uh, I worked as a general manager of the four-star uh, hotel, um, uh, which uh, has um, uh, f- uh, f- five stores, uh-huh. uh, and uh, it has uh, 40, 40 rooms, uh, wow. a, restru- a restaurant, uh, a conference hall, a gym, and uh, some other premises. Mm-hmm. And every day uh, we, uh, we, uh, we, so we provide accommodation to people from different uh, cities of Russia and uh, from uh, even abroad. And uh, my uh, main asset and uh, the asset of the hotel is a qualified uh, staff uh, whom, who I respect very much. Wow. And mm. uh, they always support me in dif- difficult uh, situations and they try to solve problems themselves. So they are very... They work very independently. Oh, that must be nice. And I'm happy. Yes, and I, I'm happy for them. So uh, the hotel is uh, marked with a high rate on booking uh, booking sites, mm-hmm. and uh, we have a nine point one uh, mark uh, at booking home. And uh, it is yes, thank you very much. And it is not easy easy to get such results because. Uh, people sometimes uh, so they don't feel uh, happy with they something complain. and they come and yes yes and they write without no with no you know, reason 
and we try, yes, and I, we try to to please them. I use Booking dot com a lot, uh, and I really rely on the ratings. And there is a big difference, I will tell you, between an eight point seven and a nine point <laughs> one. I mean, they're truly, you know, yeah. one is very good, but yeah. the other is excellent. So nine point one is top marks. That's great. I want to stay there now. <laughs> Well, and thank me... you very much, and I I will be happy uh, to have you as a guest. Great. So, <laughs> Hava, let me add here. You know, Ingushetia is really small; does not have a lot of hotels, and so your hotel is one of the uh, few new modern hotels in the entire Republic of Ingushetia, the Magas Business Hotel. So it really is like as good as advertised. And if you are wanting to visit the Republic, it's a great place to stay right, right downtown in New Magas. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Andrew. And, you know, uh, when I was working for uh, United, United Nations uh, uh, World Health Organization uh, for 10 years, uh, so we invited uh, a lot of uh, people, uh, qualified doctors, professors from abroad, even from Moscow. And uh, we didn't have any hotels in, in Gushetia. Uh-huh. And yeah. it was really a problem. And uh, I was the organizer of those training courses. And I had to uh, take these people and uh, drive them to uh, Vladikavkaz. Wow. And uh, that, that time I was um, uh, not happy with that. And after the UN mission uh, has been closed in uh, in Kushetia, so I decided to um, find myself in the hotel business. So hmm. uh, another hotel, Artist Plaza. I am a former director of uh, Artist Plaza, and I wow. created that. I created that hotel, and I created this one. It was um, my input in uh, tourist uh, industry in Kushetia wow. because. Wow. In, this is this is uh, this was really very hard, but uh, I'm proud that I overcame uh, it, and uh, finally we have two hotels in Ingushetia. Hava, so, have you heard uh, the English uh, phrase? Uh, maybe you've heard this, but we would probably call you a mover and a shaker. Have you heard that phrase, mover <laughs> and a shaker? <laughs> yeah, that that means someone who has a lot of influence and is very active and gets a lot of things done. And it sounds like. You do that. That is really cool to hear. Well, and oh, just for so our much. listeners, I mean, Javi, this is really amazing to hear. I didn't realize that about you, but I mean, listeners, think about it. When you want to travel somewhere, kind of the, the baseline things that need to be in place are at least a place to stay that's right. decent with good food, you know, comfortable beds and good food. And so uh, especially because of, you know, you mentioned you worked with the UN mission related to the Chechen wars, I'm assuming. Um, that really kind of set back the Central Caucasus with tourism Mm -hmm. for years, even decades, because people were unable to travel there. Infrastructure was unable to be developed. And so after all of that, you really were in the the groundwork of building this infrastructure for really future generations of, of travelers and for the Republic. So well done that. I mean, it's just the beginning, you know, there's going to be more of that that develops in the Republic. And I think other people will take your example, which is really important. Yes. yes. And now uh, um, we have more, even more guests now because Ingushetia became safe for uh, travelers and people, uh, now uh, come uh, come to our region without fear, and they know that it is safe, uh, quite safe in Ingushetia. And 
the people are very hospitable and they uh, all people are ready to help any visitor and you know uh, so there is a proverb in uh, among english people that uh, the englishman will uh, first help to the foreigner and to the uh, newcomer for, to the region then uh, to to the other englishman oh wow so yes it, it, and it's really true uh, and uh, of course, it is uh, a very important uh, event that two two hotels uh, uh, are working, and they both are uh, quite uh, quite good for travelers. So um, all all necessary um, uh, things are um, there in place. So we have uh, very comfortable rooms, and you know we have. Uh, my idea was uh, to. Uh, to open the restaurant on the top so Ooh. we have a very nice restaurant on the on the roof it is uh, called panorama uh -huh. and uh, you know you know many people uh, told me that uh, never people uh, go upstairs upstairs and never they enjoy uh, uh, food uh, uh, upstairs and uh, but I was sure that it, it it will be it will be very interesting to sit uh, on, on the uh, ground uh, there, not on the ground, on the um, on the roof. In the red, yes, on the roof. Uh, so, Hava, uh, I want to ask. My first uh, visit to your hotel, actually, we were kind of checking out the accommodations for our tourists, and uh, we were shown to the top floor this restaurant, Panorama, that you're just talking about. And, uh, of course, as we were exiting, a man who was sitting there stood up and invited us over to his table. And it was the mayor, <laughs> the current mayor of Magas. Oh, wow. And he had us there for chai, for breakfast. We ended up sitting with him probably an hour and a half. Oh. Um, but uh, I have to uh, – and I've eaten several meals there. It really is all it's cracked up to be. The views are amazing on a clear day um, as well as at nighttime. It's a great place to relax. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, thank you. Yeah, that's really good. This does make me yes. want to visit, really. I think you are the first uh, Caucasus grandmother we've had on our show. Can you confirm that, Eli? Um, I'm. I don't. I think the only other people who might qualify were were not Caucasus. So yes, you are the first Kafkaska babushka. Babushka. Oh yeah. So, so, <laughs> oh yeah. Hava, let's talk about this. You know, you just flew through that. You uh, live with your son and his wife and your four grandkids. Um, I am, we're, as we record this, I'm in the United States. Uh, we're staying with my parents on this brief trip back to the States. So we have three generations living in a home, uh, just like there in the Caucasus. In, That's why like Andrew, if you could see the video, Andrew is in in his father's clothing closet where <laughs> where no one will bother him and it's quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Hava, can you, it's been interesting for me because, you know, as Americans, we're used to our independence, our autonomy. We like having our own living space for our family. And so we've been having to adjust, uh, to put it lightly, uh, living with other people here in the States. That's right. Uh, of course, my parents, they love being with the grandkids, but kind of like you mentioned, they want their own space as well. Uh, can you speak a little as uh, a, a grandmother in the North Caucasus? What is it like for you, like uh, living with your your children and your grandchildren? And uh, how 
much a part of Caucasus and really English culture is that to have three generations in one home? You know, uh, here it is a usual thing. So uh, the families in Caucasus, in North Caucasus, uh, are quite large. And uh, two or three generations, uh, it is it is a usual usual thing. It is not rare. Mm-hmm. So uh, and uh, the 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 t- one a very important characteristic of our people is uh, a total respect, an absolute respect to the uh, old people. So if if you have uh, a father, a mother, and uh, grandparents. Uh, you should be very respectful to them, and uh, even uh, if someone comes uh, comes uh, in, uh, you should stand up mm-hmm. and you should uh, give them the best place in 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 the room, and uh, you will never obey them. So uh, it's uh, and we are very uh, so we keep this tradition, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I don't think that we will lose it because so. Uh, we uh, convey the tradition, uh, the information about our traditions uh, from one generation to another. But it doesn't mean that uh, people uh, like to, to live in one house. The, the thing is that, uh, mm-hmm. so now uh, I asked my son to build a, another a separate house in the same yard because oh. we have a big, a big plot uh, here. And uh, uh-huh. la- last year he he started uh, building the house for me, and it will be uh, a bedroom, a hall, a bathroom, and uh, a workshop. Uh, so because uh, I I insisted on workshop because uh, I have a very interesting uh, hobby. Yes. And uh, when when I ha- when I have uh, when I have a an hour of freedom from my uh, grandkids. I try to, to <laughs> close my, <laughs> to lock to lock my door, and then I uh, I am fond of uh, working with uh, wood and leather. So I make uh, uh, things by my hands. Yes, and uh, I have uh, done a lot of them. They are vases and. Uh, wooden vases decorated with uh, fish leather. Okay, we have so, to get into this because this is this is amazing. I, I don't want to cut short your conversation on, on the hotel business, Andrew. Yeah. But she just said fish leather and we have to, I mean, we have to explore this. This is pretty cool. Well, we've moved from hotel business to family business. Now we're moving into the fish business. The fish business. Uh, so let's, not, ju- not, let's just keep rolling. Business. Well, so you said fish leather, right? Yeah. Okay, this is something I've never heard of. So can you explain what this is and how you... Yeah, explain what this is and what you do. Uh, it's, it's really very interesting. When I first heard about fish leather, I was astonished because it seemed to me that it, it, it must be a bad smell or something like But right. uh, the, the matter is that uh, we... Uh, so. Now he is my friend. We have a very great man, and uh, he is Ahmed Shadir. Uh, he is the author of uh, industrial t- technology of tanning fish leather, and uh, it is uh, it is sturgeon leather. It uh-huh. is uh, se- salmon. Salmon is the the most unique, and okay. uh, it is um, even um, different different kinds of uh, fish. 
fishes. Okay. And you know, uh, I I worked after after I um, finished my work in uh, another hotel. I had I I was very tired, and I decided to have a, a little break. <laughs> so, but I was Im- immediately invited by uh, that man, but uh, Ahmed Shadif, to uh, be a manager of uh, his uh, factory and his uh, uh, shop where he uh, produced uh, this leather and uh, uh, different things uh, of, of the leather. So, and I, I have never thought that I, I would do something by my hands. And uh, oh, wow. after, but, but uh, three months passed and uh, the factory was closed uh, due, some, uh, mm. due to, so the owner of the land where the factory was um, uh, working, mm-hmm. So uh, he was not uh, happy with the uh, rent and he he wanted to uh, to increase it but uh, we couldn't pay more so mm. we had to mm. close the factory but it, it is not completely closed it is just um it is uh, it, so now we have uh, a, a, just a small um, uh, workshop and uh, where two two ladies uh, are sewing uh, different accessories, um, the case, briefcases, etc., um, and uh, and I immediately I don't know how I started doing these vases, <laughs> but it, it, I, and when when I told and Ahmed himself he moved to Por- Portugal and now he's uh, living there and trying to he was invited but by government of Portugal. Uh, and t- he's trying to set his own factory there and uh, um, started uh, uh, the business there in Europe. Huh. But wow. uh, when when he moved uh, to Portugal, uh, I was not happy with that. And um, so it's uh, it was um, nice to have the, such a, a unique um, um, factory in Ingushetia because every every um, journalist, every man coming to Ingushetia, the first thing they want to see it is a fish leather uh, factory. <laughs> so, Interesting. Yeah, it, it's it's really worth it. And um, yeah. uh, maybe f- further on, I will uh, send send you my Instagram um, uh, profile. So, so yeah. you can see yeah. my works, what I, uh, what I'm doing. So, and uh, of course, uh, after my stressful work at a, a hotel, I come home and try to, uh, to, to, to switch to my hobby. So yes. I, I take, I, I, I take uh, this. Uh, no, I will show you now some a piece. Uh, for example, uh, for example, this is what uh, this is uh, wow. a wooden. Um, uh, it is just. Uh, so I just started doing it. It is a uh-huh. wooden vase, you see, just a yes. natural wood. And I cover with different um, uh, kind of leather and I make uh, different um, uh, design, designs. Designs, yes. so, and uh, so they, some of them are of, uh, with national ornaments. Some are of, I, I made uh, a lot, uh, Greek, uh, uh-huh. Mexican, African and and wow. I, I I promise I will do American. So <laughs> <laughs> yes. So are each of those squares a different piece of leather? Yeah. Okay. So you so, know- so listeners, I'm going to just explain it real quick. There is sort of a um a a, a 
wide wooden jar that then narrows suddenly at the top to a neck and then flanges out a bit. So it's kind of um, sort of a U-shape. And it was natural wood, but then the, the, the sides were starting to be painted brown. And then they were probably looked about an inch tall, maybe, and a little bit wider, um, swatches that had been affixed in kind of a sort of a brick pattern uh, around the sides, wrapping up. And she said each of those is a is its own piece of leather. And we just got a quick look at it. We will definitely link your Instagram in the show notes wow. so so folks can see this because this is fascinating. So Hava, did I do I understand right? You basically learned this new skill in your fifties, correct? Yes. It wasn't something you were doing as a kid. You know, you've been doing your whole life. I mean, that is incredible. Like, I'm I'm 37 and already like not wanting to learn new technologies and learn I new know, things. I know I'm pulling like... my hair out every time we record. No, it's fine. It's good. It's good. <laughs> and but, Andrew, like... when you when you come to Ingushetia, I will give you a master class. <laughs> oh yes. Oh, Andrew, that could be <laughs> part of, of your you. tours, man. Oh man, yeah. Several of our tourists have have visited your shop. Yeah, I know Whoa. that. This is Selman. Oh my this gosh! This is Selman. So it's a silver. She's holding up a long, probably two and a half foot tall strip that's probably eight inches at its widest. Of yeah, it looks like fish skin, but much more beautiful, silvery and rainbow. So how is yeah. it? How is it tanned? Um, when it? Well, first of all, where do you get the skins from? I mean, obviously from fish, but from from factories or what? And then how do you make it usable as leather? Uh, you know, uh, actually, uh, we are using. Uh, the waste. Yes. So, yes, and we are doing uh, beautiful things from from waste. Wow. And we wow. Uh, we take we take we take the waste from um, from uh, different uh, factories, uh, fish factories who are so uh, are selling uh, fish to 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 other cities, and we uh, so we don't have any seas, any rivers here, right. and we don't have uh, such fishes like salmon. And um, uh, when um, so we o- we order uh, this uh, skin uh, as a raw material from uh, different fish factories, mm. and uh, then we, we keep them uh, in the in the fridge. Uh-huh. And after that, uh, the, uh, so we uh, we we take the the amount which we need, and uh, then we we turn. And you know, uh, I can the first my my first work was uh, I started with the tanning of of sturgeon. And um, you know, I it was very uh, very difficult because so uh, it it, uh, it must under, undergo different um, uh, steps. You must yes. uh, you must do a lot of things, uh, and we never use uh, chemicals which uh, can be, for example, can cause allergy or some uh-huh. disease. It is absolutely natural. All paint uh, paints and all. Um, uh, process all um, uh, yeah. so uh, uh, things which which we add to, to mm-hmm. while uh, tanning. So everything is natural, and you know this uh, this uh, technology uh, uh, got uh, four Italian certificates. It is a very high level um, uh, of certification okay. because uh, they they put excellent marks. And uh, in Europe uh, now, people are very interested in. Um, uh, so in uh, uh, contracts with Ahmed and with our factory, uh, so the, all um, famous designers want to to to, yes. to work with yes, 
uh, and you know uh, my uh, so i will show you my uh, handbag which i uh, i i first uh, made a handbag and i can't i i don't remember this is maybe squid yes Cra uh, kalmar <laughs> wow. yeah 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 squid yeah. yes let's let's see show. it now look oh my here. gosh that is, is beautiful yes yes and this is i made my, by my hands and uh, it is very soft oh wow so, so so it is wow. she's holding a rectangular clutch with a gold chain and it's yeah. lightly uh, shiny and there's sort of strips are there lots of yeah. strips that you connected you know this is uh, like um uh, sh sheep uh, very very soft sheep uh, leather uh -huh. and uh, squid uh, this is they are combined oh so, wow because squid has a very thin uh, thin leather yes i know that from fishing it wow. can't be uh, used uh, without a bit, and so I have the only squid uh, handbag in the world. So no, no one <laughs> did it before. Because <laughs> I'm sure, because really, uh, I'm sure because uh, no one uh, turned the, the, the squid um, before Ahmed did it. Oh so gosh. he was the first to to turn it, and I was the first to make uh, a handbag from it. You know, Chava, in the in the Caucasus, lots of people make uh, grandiose claims about being the only ones to do something. But I actually believe this one that you have the Definitely. only squid handbag in the world. <laughs> we believe it, listeners. So, if you know me. of another squid handbag, please write us at <laughs> podcast at caucustalk com. So, Chava, I have to interject here. So, you, uh, what's fascinating about the North Caucasus is. Uh, a lot of the traditions and even like structures really have been around for centuries. Um, you know, whether it's the towers in Ingushetia or these traditions of respect, like when younger people stand up for an older person, even in Dagestan, I know like how they make knives there. That's been there a long time. But from what I understand, what you've created here, it's very new, right? This is not something that's been done for generations in Ingushetia. Yeah. Yes, it's okay. true. Do you know wow. where where did Ahmed get this idea? Uh, you know, he is not the first man uh, on, on on earth uh, on the earth who um, had mm. this idea. People in the in the um, north of Russia, they um, oh. they also uh, tan the fish skin, but it is another technology. He's the first who made uh, industrial technology. Okay. So mm. he he. He, he takes uh, half a ton of uh, skins mm -hmm. and uh, puts them into a special um, uh, equipment. And yes. uh, so he, he takes um, so, some uh, 500 uh, leather units. Yes. And uh, so, and you know, uh, his, his, uh, his le the leather tent by Ahmed uh, techno technology um, is, is I, I think, I'm sure it is the best one. Because um, he he is very um, how to say he devoted all, he, all his life to this technology, right. and mm. uh, all pe all people who 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 tried and who tried to um, understand uh, they they are very surprised because uh, it is it is very it is very soft and it is very strong. Wow! And mm. uh, it is much it, it is much tighter than uh, for example. Uh, cow leather. Oh wow! Uh, so, 
Mm-hmm. And it is very light. So it, it has many uh, uh, best characteristics, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I we need to we need to stop here. I need to paint this picture. Uh, you know, when most people think about the North Caucasus, they think tradition uh, and probably some stereotypes like old fashioned, um, conservative. Uh, yeah, like kind of uh, holding on to the past even. I think I think that's how people view the Caucasus. But as I talk to you, Chava, <laughs> the words that come to mind are innovative, entrepreneurial. I mean, you speak uh, multiple languages. I mean, it really, I think this is blowing people's minds right now. So... It's blowing my can mind. You, can, you, can you speak to this? I mean, are you just, you know, did we just find you as the rare exception in the North Caucasus today? Or or is this really this kind of atmosphere of innovation and um, entrepreneurship and uh, really tracking with the modern world, if not surpassing mm. in some ways? Is this is that the exception, or are there lots of other people, and especially women like you, in the North Caucasus today? Uh, I, you know, I'm not the exception at all, and I noticed that uh, things uh, are changing very, very rapidly here. Uh, when I was a small, uh, when I was a schoolgirl, my father uh, didn't want me to uh, to study at the university. The family mm. rules were very, very strict, mm-hmm. and we. Uh, were very conservative. Uh, so girls were, were just uh, a little bit... Um, uh, so they suffer from from these rules because uh, they they were not allowed to get a good high education, especially mm-hmm. in the oh. other cities and abroad. Right. But, uh, and so I, I started excellent at school and then I entered the university and my father told if I knew that she entered, I would never uh, let her go there. Oh, wow. So he, he just, uh, he, he didn't refuse, but he didn't want me to, to study at the university. But I mm-hmm. studied well, and then he was proud that I became an English teacher. And uh, so after that, uh, things um, so changed very much. Now I see that a lot of people, uh, understand that without uh, high education, without uh, uh, development, without skills, nothing can be done. Yeah. And there are a lot huh. of uh, people in Ingushetia who are uh, trying to give uh, their children uh, the best education. Uh, mm-hmm. My son, is, um, his, his elder daughter is in the seventh form, but he, he already is uh, thinking uh, what what kind of profession uh, wow. she she will choose? And he, he said that the main thing for him is to give a good education to his kids. And this mm. is the opinion of the majority of English people because people wow. understood sure. understood that without knowledge, nothing can be uh, moved uh, on and uh, nothing can be done on a modern level. That reminds me, we recently. Um, spoke with some young women who were Fulbright scholars from the North Caucasus. They traveled to the U.S. for one or two years and then came back. And we asked um, what they see 
in their own culture what things are positive trends are happening. And one of them said exactly that. They, she said the youth are more uh, energetic, more educated and driven, and even from a young age have a vision for what they want to do professionally and are planning on it. And you just said that for your granddaughter who's in her seventh grade yeah. already has ideas of where she wants to go. And that yeah. sounds like that's a really big change and a positive one. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So uh, in, there are now people understand that without uh, knowing in the English language, mm. without knowing other languages, it is very hard to, to live in the world and to travel and to... Uh, to 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 get education and etc. So people uh, wow. maybe people understand uh, started to understand that uh, it is uh, absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. I've heard about your fish leather shop before, and several of our tourists did visit it. Um, but wow, I mean, really incredible what you've accomplished and in multiple um, different professions. So. Uh, Let's. What's funny is we're having a video call right now, Kava. Uh, our listeners can only hear you, but what the dynamic I'm seeing is, you know, you have these innovative and entrepreneurial kind of progressive qualities, but you very much live in a conservative traditional society. I mean, you have the head covering on right now, and you are still holding to those uh, kind of traditional English values. Um, how does that, uh, let's speak, get back to your family a little bit. Uh, we were talking about this. Um, what is kind of the state of those values today in Ingushetia? Uh, I know like, uh, I've heard some people say like the Russian language, people aren't speaking English as much at home. Maybe they're speaking more Russian, but, uh, in a kind of modernizing world, kind of in the setting of the home and the family, um, are, are those traditional values still strong or are they changing? You know, we are very, a very small nation. So we have um, about uh, uh, 500,000 um, people mm-hmm. of English nationality. So it, it's not much. And of course, if, if we lose our language, we will lose our nationality. Mm-hmm. So each, each family uh, tried to... To, to save this uh, native language and native traditions. And we, if we were maybe more, maybe we, we, we wouldn't be so conservative. But uh, I understand that if my grandkids and my kids uh, do not speak English language, uh, do not um, read English, English literature, of course they will, uh, will not be interested in um, this knowledge uh, because, uh, main, for example, mainly we use uh, Russian language at home because mm. maybe it's maybe it's easier for me. I never, uh, I know colloquial English, but I uh, can't uh, write well and I can't read because uh. at, at school I didn't study it. Mm-hmm. For example, my son studied at school, so uh, he uh, he writes well and he reads well. And when I tried to write, write something in English, he told me, "Mom, better 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 write it in Russian because oh. you 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 make many mistakes." So and, <laughs> I I'm sorry for that because 
I think that every nation must know its own native language and must oh. do everything that uh, to, to, to teach their children also to speak uh, native language as well as Russian language and the, uh, any, any foreign languages. Mm -hmm. wow. So and I'm sure that uh, the more languages you know, uh, the, the mem the, your memory becomes uh, better and better. Yes. So, do you think so? Do you think this is a difference? You grew up during the Soviet Union days. Do you think a difference is that today there's actually more of a movement to uh, for the English language, English language, to be preserved and taught in society, whereas maybe right. you know when you grew up, it wasn't that way. You know, when I uh, grew up, I I was um, so I didn't think about it. I uh, even um, so my parents never. My, my dad um, very often reminded us uh, speak English, speak English. Mm -hmm. But we spoke mainly Russian because we mm. uh, uh, we studied at school and we uh, learned our subjects in Russian. We uh, to, uh, we uh, talk to our friends in Russian, so and that's why Russian is much easier for me. But uh, nevertheless, I respect my own language and I try to speak my own language when I can. So and our grandkids, you know, these uh, telephones, these iPads, these uh, mm -hmm. all these gadgets. They they spoil the children because they 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 see uh, the, these movies cartoons uh, uh, all of them are in Russian and they uh, and they don't speak English. We, wow. we try we try to remind them and we say say it in English, and they try to uh, oh, oh. so they speak English not very well. So and it it is a little bit uh, I think it's it's a problem. Uh, any any person must uh, know know his native language. Mm. I, I am sure of it. Wow, that's great. I mean, it's a good insight. I think you know all of us who have young kids. We're thinking about uh, how do we keep our kids from getting addicted to technology. More from a like developmental standpoint, you know. Sure. But you you really honed in on. Of course, there aren't a lot of uh, TV shows and um, cartoons or whatever in the English language. And so for children in Ingushetia today, and probably across the Caucasus, that actually, they're losing their language the more they're watching in yeah. Russian or whatever. I mean, I think linguists talk about language resources or being, you know, resource rich. It's it's one thing to have a language, to have an alphabet, and to have certain things translated, but to have the whole uh, environment, the ecosystem of language uh, saturation uh, a lot of those things have atrophied or not been developed. And it's, so it's more than just even just having it or having a strong influence at home. It's having an environment where that is lifted up, you know, and that's, I think, a big question on the edge for a lot of minority languages and cultures is will they be able to um, weather and endure the kind of the, the onslaught of um, of wider culture and wider language, um, you know, influence within their, their small ecosystem. And some have, are developing those and, and others aren't. So it is a, it's a critical question. Hmm. Yeah. But what you're doing, I would say, even though it may not be directly related to the language, it is so, I, I mean, I think in, we need, 
you know, it needs to come from a lot of different directions. Economic development, entrepreneurship, that is an incredibly important way to strengthen um, a culture, you know, by from the inside out, just by having um, that energy and also economic input into the system. And so I, I really commend you because to by doing it there in Ingushetia, uh, as an English woman, you are, in a sense, being a champion for your culture and your people. Yeah. Chava, uh, let's uh, return to your uh, former work at the hotels. Um, what can you say to our listeners about uh, travel to the North Caucasus today? Because, you know, this question, everybody has this question in their minds before they come, is it safe? Uh, and not just foreigners, by the way, but a lot of Russians have that question too. So <laughs> you have interacted a lot with both Russian and foreign travelers, business people, tourists, etc. over the years. What has been their experience when they've come to Ingushetia? Uh, you know, uh, Ingushetia, uh, uh, I don't like that uh, it is a mononation republic. When When people come, they bring a part of their culture. They bring a part of knowledge. And uh, when when we see uh, the people from abroad, from other Russian countries, we take something from them and mm. we we uh, give give them our um, uh, part of our culture. So mm-hmm. we demonstrate mm-hmm. our uh, traditions. And I think that the exchange of information is very very important mm. because. Uh, Ingushetia has uh, the um, n- 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 90 hundred, uh, or n- 90% uh, population is uh, in English. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and we don't have uh, that much of Russian uh, Russians or other na- nations here. And when people come, I appreciate it very much because uh, I, uh, I very often worked in... Uh, multinational environment and right. uh, I, I like it because uh, for example my uh, my uh, the chief of our office in uh, WHO was uh, first American men then Germans so and I took mm. a lot of uh, mm. a lot uh, of knowledge from them sure a lot of experience and uh, they they taught me to be a good manager mm. without this knowledge I, I, I was just a teacher and I, wow. I I would I would never cope with these uh, tasks if I didn't have um, lessons from from my uh, senior colleagues uh, who sure. uh, they were they were doctors they were uh, uh, very skillful people and i tried to to get as much as possible from them and i think that uh, people for for example people come from italy uh, we have a um, uh, a big factory, uh, which no, not factory, maybe enterprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, they grow apples, for example, and Italians yeah. come to Kosciutti and they bring their technology. They they give knowledge to the people, mm-hmm. and that is very important because we don't have our own um, uh, qualified uh, people who can uh, cope with these, uh, for example, tasks. And uh, their experience is is very valuable for uh, for the locals. 
Uh, and then uh, I know that uh, a lot of uh, Turkish constructors come to Ingushetia. They, uh, they, they are very, so I think that um, uh, Turkish people, uh, so they can um, build a very nice buildings. And so they try to uh, share their experience with uh, our builders. So it's also very good. And um, I know that uh, uh, people from Germany came to um, uh, help with equipment, for example, at the Achiluki, uh, uh, this, uh, which the factory which deals with water, you know, mineral yes. water. Yep. Right, right. So I, I know that uh, people from Germany came and they, uh, they explained how this uh, um, German equipment works and uh, <laughs> how it should be... Uh, uh, served, uh, and et cetera. Boy, that's great. Um, I mean, those are great practical examples, uh, of not necessarily the power of tourism, but how everybody has something to give to and somebody it, else. And an exchange that, that doesn't preference, you know, one over the other, it's not a competition. It's kind of a, in a sense, you know, it's a free market exchange that's, that's beneficial and you don't get lost in that you actually have a place at at the table well and it's a it's a beautiful really tangible example of how international business works is one group of people bring the things they're experts in the knowledge they're experts in they help others learn uh that skill or whatever and then the others you know whether it's a product or the the demand for the product, they bring that and that's mm-hmm. how it works and it grows. It's, it's right. really neat to hear. Right. Hava, uh, this was great. You are a very multifaceted person. Um, I learned a lot about you, much more than I actually realized <laughs> today uh, in the interview. So, and you have yeah, put th- in my th- mind a, a determination to come visit your hotel and I have to see this fish leather um, manufacturing. I'm just, I can't wait. I I will be your guide. When you come uh, come to Ingushetia, <laughs> I, will, I will take you to that factory. I will show you everything and I will give you a master class. Excellent. So you, you can, yeah, you can make a, va- a vase for your wife. I would, she would love that. I think I can definitely see Holly toting a, a squid handbag around <laughs> pretty much. The nicely. second one on earth. Is, uh, <laughs> What is your what is your Instagram channel? Can you tell our listeners? It is Avaganti. A V A G A N T T I. Avaganti. I will okay. I will uh so uh, I will send you a yes. screen Perfect. of my Instagram. Yeah, and we'll make sure to share that in the show notes uh so our listeners can access that. Hava, uh we always ask our guests this question, one final question. Um, you are a lifelong resident of the North Caucasus in Ingushetia. Um, there's lots of stereotypes and often just negative news about the region, but you've really shown us a different side of the region today. For sure. And we thank you for that. So what, if there's one thing you could tell the world about the North Caucasus, what would you like to tell them? Uh, you know, uh, I, North Caucasus is a very specific, uh, region. It has a beautiful nature, and it has a very uh, it it has a very uh, nice sites in the mountainous region. It has uh, high mountains. It has very fast rivers. It has uh, hospitable people. 
and uh, you know, be sure that uh, you, you will feel safe, very safe in Ingushetia because uh, any man who can, uh, who, uh, who you meet in the street or uh, uh, what, what, wherever, uh, he will be very polite to you and he will uh, try to give you support. And uh, you will also enjoy delicious meal meals and uh, uh, you will also uh, see uh, unique traditions of English people and uh, I think that uh, it is worth seeing because uh, nowhere in the world there are such uh, ancient towers mm. uh, uh, which Ingushetia have and uh, it is like uh, a fairy tale. When you come to the mountains region mm -hmm. of Ingushetia to Jairach, you will feel like uh, like you are in in a fairy tale. Mm. It is unbelievable how nice they are and how ancient they are. So they are dated uh, of seventh uh, uh, century at or 10th century and this is really very interesting to see yeah and uh, I, I i see that uh, a lot of tourists come uh, now and jayrak uh, and our mountains and our monuments become more and more uh, popular among tourists mm -hmm. it is worth seeing so come and be our guests wow. so we we mm. english people are really ready to uh, give you home to give you food and to give you uh, safety. Oh, Hava, I can 100% endorse what you said because I've many times been to Ingushetia, been a guest of the English people, experienced the hospitality, and it's all true. And I just want to say what's fascinating is that often when we talk about the North Caucasus and when people talk about it, they talk about the mountains, right? The beauty mm -hmm. and the mountains, which obviously is a big part of this region, but we spent this whole interview not talking about the mountains once until the very end. And what it reminds me of is really what makes the North Caucasus unique is the people like yourself. That's right. And that it's hard to really put that into words or, you know, write a travel guide about <laughs> or a blog or whatever, but right. the people in the North Caucasus spending time with them, hearing their stories, getting to know them. That's what makes this place unique. So Thank you for really showing that today. Uh, thank you very much. It was a pleasure to talk and to to, uh, to know uh, something from you. So any, anything is a new experience. And, you know, this is the first time I'm using Zoom. Oh. So <laughs> it, it, it's my first experience. So, and I, I'm happy I didn't fail. <laughs> no, you did amazing. Well, Hava, with how quickly you learned how to uh, tan fish skin and make products out of it, I'm sure you'll have master classes going on Zoom here within That's like three right. weeks. That's right. <laughs> well, count, count us in and uh, look for us soon. As soon as we can get back in, we will be there. And listeners, I'm sure you are, uh, your appetite is as peaked as mine is. So we will, we will see you guys when you get here. 